Hello, Daniel, and welcome Hello. to my podcast. Daniela et Daniel. Oui. Voilà, How are you parfait. today? Superbe. How are you today? You okay? Very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was just... Uh, um, uh, well, I've just finished my book, which is good. Uh, it's going to print on the 18th of November, uh, mm -hmm. which is... So my, that was my third book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm happy with that, and I'm waiting to see if we are, uh, if I am commissioned for a fourth book, which would be to do with a co-writer, which is an American lady. So it would be really interesting. I've never done that before. I always do my own thing, and and it could be interesting because uh, the American lady is specializing a, a bit of um, uh, history of mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so some background on what we're looking for. So. Anyway, so it's good. Good luck. Good luck with that. What is the book that you're going to release now called? What is it it's about? It's called French Countryside Cooking. Wow. Sounds yeah. very delicious. Uh, yeah, lovely. And uh, so it's going to be uh, printed the first, like I said, in 18 of uh, November. And after that, uh, we not releasing for Christmas because uh, we decided that earlier because of COVID and because of what's happened. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll release it on uh, April the 13th. It's already mention and uh, you can see the cover on Amazon already mm -hmm. and pre-order. It's a very beautiful cover. Uh, I really love this book. I'm passionate about it and I think it will work very well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Amazing. I can't wait for the book to be released. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daniel, um, I was going to ask you um, who likes butter most, you or James Martin? <laughs> but I read somewhere that you actually don't eat a lot of dairy. Uh, and no, I don't eat a lot of dairy, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I eat dairy when I go to France. Mm -hmm. I think France possibly makes the best dairy. Mm -hmm. When it's come to butter and cheese, I think we are really up there. And uh, it's very difficult in UK. So although I buy farmhouse French butter, mm -hmm. very difficult to find a good British butter. But it's getting better. So we need to mention as well when things are getting better. Uh, but uh, I eat good butter, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, that's always uh, best. Best and, and James Martin. The reason he loves butter because he's from the Yorkshire area, mm -hmm. and uh, in the Yorkshire Dale, they've got some very good dairy, and uh, people that are brought up over there eat a lot of dairy and a lot of butter. So that's the reason he loves butter. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you only eat in France, and you, you prefer not to eat it in the UK? And vice versa, maybe. Uh, charcuterie, mm -hmm. yeah, which is really wonderful. And because where I live in France, I live in uh, in uh, um, center east of France, in a region called Franche-Comté, mm -hmm. which uh, is all the region who are along the Swiss border, mm -hmm. which from uh, Mulhouse, Mulhouse, Strasbourg, which is the border of uh, Alsace. Uh, and to Annecy, behind the Jura Mountain, which is uh, the start of the Savoie re region. Mm -hmm. So Franche-Comté, Bourgogne, it's all the same region. And it's a lot of mountain, lake and forest, and there's a lot of beautiful charcuterie, which is still made in mountain. Uh, and uh, the speciality is on some of it is smoked as well. And the most famous one is uh, Morteau sausage, which is made in the Jura. 
I did not try that, but I have been there. Uh... Oh my God. When you go in <laughs> France, you have to buy that. And it's appellation protected. So it's an AOP and AOC, like mm -hmm. quite produced in France, uh, because they, they try to keep and protect those produce. So there's no uh, bad manipulation and transformation and cheating on the produce. So it's well, important. And mm -hmm. I guess perhaps in Moldova, there's few things which are like that as well, which people cannot yeah. touch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to regional recipes. Yeah. What about uh, the other way around? Something that you really like in the UK and you can't find in France? Yes, uh, a lot, actually. Uh, when I first came in, in uh, UK, I came in Scotland. So my first head chef position was in a, in a lovely uh, boutique hotel in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And that's covered the Scottish produce, or British, whatever. But I mean, it was Scottish at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've got fabulous shellfish beautiful lamb, beautiful Scottish beef. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, the, the fish as well is very good. So I love the fish and shellfish. Mm -hmm. And I love them, uh, in Britain, very, very high quality, especially the one from uh, uh, Cornish lamb, the Welsh lamb, and the one from Orkney Island, which is a small island in the north of Scotland, which is uh, between the main, uh, uh, yeah, between the main island and, and the Shetland. It's called Orkney. Mm -hmm. and beautiful lamb which is a kind of a, um, and the reason it's beautiful and lovely is because they're quite high the island and when the, the wind is pushing all the, the wave and the spray goes on the grass and the sheep eat the, all the salty grass and it's really wonderful <coughs> so um, really Scottish produce particularly oh. but uh, on uh, Devon and, and uh, Cornwall course they've got some great produce as well I mean Britain is, is very rich in produce as well Mm-hmm. So uh, my uh, my boyfriend has um, one of his best friends moved to Scotland on an island. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called yeah. North Oist. I don't know how to okay. pronounce it correctly, but yeah. we've been there to visit. And first of gorgeous. all, it's absolutely gorgeous. Exactly, it's really really beautiful. And uh, yeah, we did try langoustines in there and crab mm, meat, so everything good. local, fresh yeah. as fresh as you can get, and really, yeah. really delicious. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So I really love. I that. love Scotland. Scotland is my second country, possibly. Oh. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a beautiful thing to say. So tell me, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, <laughs> and you started speaking in French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I could uh, uh, practice more French with you, but uh, my boyfriend really asked me to do this interview with you in English so that he, he can understand it as well. Um, okay. Yeah. Does he speak French? <laughs> no, not yet. I'll teach him. Not yet. <laughs> uh, you need to teach him, yeah. He knows a few words, but uh, yeah, I'm sure okay. he'll learn it properly soon. So what I was Absolutely. going to... Um, I was going to talk to you a little bit about sustainability because I know you're big on sustainability. Yeah. And yes. um, I think from what I read about you, uh, did it start when you were living um, on, a on a farm with, with your family? Yes, so, so it's, it's not a, a big... It's, yes, it is actually, Daniela. It's not a big farm. It's a, what we call a small holding in, 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 mm -hmm. in, in English. It's a, it's a kind of a small farm. It's like a boutique farm. Mm-hmm. There was reserved for family and friend, where everything and uh, was was grow there. Everything was made there, and also the animal had names as well. So we 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 used to get familiar with the animal, but we used to feed them in the best possible way. And obviously, and uh, the rest they go in a field, and uh, because it's very hilly, and some of the woodland, everything. And, uh, and yes, I love. Uh, I'm big on sustainability because uh, we really need to eat properly. We really need to be careful. 
uh, and we need to be non-GM and uh, the field need to rest and there is need to be a rotation there needs to be uh, free of chemical and uh, and uh, if we do that we need to be patient because it's a slow growth and uh, we need time for it and um, so that's why that's what we with other chefs working with and try to preserve that quality and like we talked about uh, the Scottish produce you know yourself you've been in Scotland I mean it's it's quite pure it's quite natural and uh, and I think um, we need to to do that for the sake of our children mm-hmm. so eat properly and we can preserve things and do it the right way so uh, yes uh, that's that's my kind of uh, mission to make sure that when I buy farm I buy in a farm which is sustainable I go and visit the farm I look what they're doing the feeding the space the welfare uh, the non-chemical the rotation of fields etc so I mean it's very important mm-hmm. yeah so what do, you, what do you think? Not always possible. I understand yeah. that because of the demand. And that's a reason that more and more beef come from Argentina and Brazil because the demand in Western Europe is huge. And uh, that's the reason they cut the rainforest to be able to put cattle there. And uh, it's, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So not great. What, yeah. what do you think people at home can do to be uh, a little bit more sustainable. So I guess what well, you're just saying to look for uh, better quality. Yeah, but I think what one of the things is, uh, is to cut the amount of meat people are eating. I think the, the, the problem is, the problem is not eating meat. The problem is to balance your diet. But mm-hmm. a lot of people eat meat between seven times and 10 times a week. And mm-hmm. that is not sustainable. If you calculate every family and everybody doing that, uh, no wonder they're cutting the, the rainforest because the demand is enormous. But if you look in the past, uh, even for yourself, Daniela, if you ask your grandma and your mom, you, they will tell you then um, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, and the Sunday was the, the really days where it was very special. We had the meat on the table, the roast or the casserole or whatever. So then it's a bit of the opulence. Everybody think, uh, well, we've got everything we want. We can buy anything. Uh, and people eat a lot of meat. And I think we need to reduce. We need to balance diet differently. And I think that's what's happened. And, and uh, um, yeah, I think that's what we should do. We need to reduce yeah. the amount of meat we're eating. I know what you mean. So my, my grandparents used to have, um, so they're basically self-sufficient. They used to grow their own stuff and yeah. uh, have a few animals around the house, but they weren't eating meat on the on a daily basis. Basis. It was, yeah. as you're saying, it was more, you know, for Christmas or for big holidays or maybe once a week they would make. Yeah, something. once a week, special occasion, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right, Daniela. And I think, uh, uh, you, 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 like I said, if you ask you, your grandma, they will tell you the way it was because obviously, bon, if you see, it was not the same time. It was uh, during war, after war, before war and uh, restriction and this and people were struggling. But, but in a normal household, uh, um, like you said, the meat was once a week on the table and everybody enjoyed it. You had the eggs from the, from the chicken to keep in the, behind the house. Um, you know, you got the, the duck egg, you once in a while have a roasted duck or a roasted thing or a bit of pork which you share with uh, all your neighbor because it's a special occasion. We, in France, uh, there's a, a really big festival called uh, La Saint Cochon. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is the festival of the, of the pig. So you celebrate the pig. So you, you do everything with it, the sausage, the black pudding, the, the smoke, the etc. etc. So, so we need to come back a bit more to that and respect a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, the produce and nature, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a similar holiday uh, in um, um, Moldova, uh, and mm-hmm. we, yeah, they use absolutely everything. They only cut the pig before Christmas, and they use absolutely every single bit of the pig because yeah, they don't want to yeah. waste it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they make sausages using the the intestines. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so on. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. is great. It's a celebration. It's a and that's what I like. It's a same then in region in France, and you'll see when you go to France, you will have to visit your region and go to the local market, which are, uh, um, for example, where you will be. Say, for example, it'll be Tuesday. It's a farmers market. Wednesday is a town next, etc. And you can shop only on farmers market with a great produce, but also you will enjoy some of the food festival. That's really beautiful because it's actually the celebration of one ingredient sometimes, whether it's a, it's a pig, whether it's a chicken, whether it's a chestnut, whether it's a, a cherry, an apple, or whatever. And I mm-hmm. think that's it's, it's fantastic. It needs to be kept, it needs to be uh, embraced, and we need to take our children to it so they can carry on the tradition. So you'd see when you go in France, there's some beautiful festival, and, uh, and I think it's precious. That's that's really something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I understand that sustainability is something that you kept uh, for a long time, and you'll keep uh, having this at the core of things. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm wondering, so because you worked and lived in various countries, how did your um, concept about food and cooking change with the countries that you moved to? Well, I traveled quite a lot, as you said, Daniela, it's true. And there's some uh, places which I could have stayed longer, but uh, didn't because of different circumstances. But uh, um, I think that uh, although I'm really French and I do French cooking, I will, I will say that uh, uh, what I use from other country is possibly an accent and not, I'm not a French guy doing Asian dishes, for example, but mm-hmm. I will do French dish with an Asian accent, which is different. For example, I will use uh, ginger, chili, lemongrass, uh, and do a dish with that, uh, which will bring the freshness and a bit of acidity and, and, um, and beautifulness of some of the dish you can have, whether it's in Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, or you can have in the Middle East, or when I live in Sweden, or in Sweden, or even in Portugal, when I live in Portugal, for example. Mm-hmm. But I- it uh, uh, um, as an accent, but sometimes I do those dishes for us at home. See, if I go to Portugal, I, they do uh, what they call cataplana, for example, which is a kind of casserole with pork and uh, and um, and cockles and all this kind of stuff. And so, but I will not do a Portuguese dish within my cooking when I cook for customer. But they will, they will, they will know there's something else in here, and that's what I want. I want people to guess, but to have an accent like my French accent when I speak. <laughs> Oh. Yeah? or your Moldovan accent when you speak French. Yeah? Exactly. So that's what makes things charming and interesting. Yeah. So if you know what I mean. But, but what is interesting, uh, which I always try to do, then when I live in those countries, example, when I live in Singapore for three and a half years, uh, my, my, uh, my mixed and friend were all local. I didn't really, like most people do, 
go with only French people and go to the embassy and this and that because uh, it's boring uh, in a sense. And if I'm in Singapore, I want to learn about Singapore, the history, the people, the culture, the mixed, because there's so many, so much mixed in Singapore. There's uh, five, uh, um, five official languages between the Malay, the Hokkien, the Seishu, the English and the Singaporean, whatever they call that, and the Indian. So you want to learn about it, how does it come about and why? And so uh, my team was local. I go out with them and they take me to what we call a hawker center, which you can eat outdoor all the food, like street food. And they tell you to try this and to try that and uh, don't drink cold water because you sweat too much, only drink warm water. Uh, you, you learn about the culture. And I think that's what I like about it. And, and more you learn about the culture, more you can uh, um, first embrace it and after that add a touch to your food which makes sense to you according to your experience over there, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. If you see, I'm not doing a Singaporean dish within my menu, my a la carte. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I like. And, um, and the same when I live in Portugal, I learn uh, Portuguese uh, uh, during my, my time over there because I like to learn a language where I am, if possible. I'm not fluent, but I understand well and I speak uh, correct Portuguese. And uh, it does allow me to be able to converse with local people and understand the culture. Otherwise, you don't. I mean, I've seen uh, uh, English people living in Portugal for 20 years. They, they can hardly say hello. Mm -hmm. And when you but why do you do, don't you speak Portuguese and mix with alcohol? They said, I'm not interested. So why do you live there? Because I had the money to buy a property in Portugal. Okay, well, I mean, boring. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. There are a lot of people from Moldova, for example, that live in the UK and some of them don't uh, speak English at all because yeah. in the circumstances that they are in, they maybe have either Romanian or Russian boss and then they don't have to interact with other people. But I always thought the same as you, that um, if you live in a different country, you have to adapt. So I, I, I tried so much to adapt to the countries I lived in, although I didn't live in as many as you did. But um, at some point... Yeah, because, you, because you're younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, um, yeah, at some point, a friend of mine told me, she said, you're not Moldovan anymore. <laughs> because sometimes I feel like I lose some of the Moldovan things that I used no, to No, but we lose. It's, it's yeah. absolutely yeah. right, Daniela. When I go to France, people think I'm British. Or you, mm -hmm. you're foreign. <laughs> because I've got different accent because I live in different things and sometimes the thing is uh, uh, sometimes which is really strange but it's happened to you as well suddenly people think when you come back and you see your families and not only uh, you're foreign but they think you're posh and wealthy for some reason <laughs> I ignore totally why would I be wealthy because I live abroad you know yeah. and that's you, you posh guy uh, yeah you don't need the money uh, Look at you, you live abroad, you got a fancy car. Well, no, I don't have a fancy car. I live abroad because it's a choice for my work. And I enjoy my work and working in Britain, but I miss France enormously. Mm -hmm. And oh. uh, but, uh, for some reason, so it's the same for you. Go in Moldova, people say, oh, you don't have Moldovan accent anymore. Where do you live? Oh, my God. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. You got this impression and people say, oh, it's a bizarre thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting to for me and for you. Um, we find it very interesting to uh, learn about different cultures, and we enjoy yeah, doing absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, what's the point to leave somewhere, you know, for only for your work, and you stick to your work, and after that, you only speak Moldovan? Wow, what <laughs> makes sense to me, you know? I agree with you, Daniel.
uh, you have a, a very long experience uh, with working in well with being a Michelin star chef and I saw an interesting concept on on your website and it's about having a Michelin, Michelin star dining in your own home do you want to tell us a little bit more about it I imagine that yes, now uh, with the restrictions it's a bit different but generally speaking well, Yes, it, now it is different, obviously. But, but, but what I do, uh, uh, a lot of people who not necessarily have money or wealthy, but uh, on special occasion, mm -hmm. uh, so people are looking for a Michelin star chef to, to cook in their home uh, to celebrate a special birthday or whatever. I've done quite a few, generally always special birthday. Mm -hmm. they, they bring you into a house and uh, they ask you to look around first if the space is all right for you, if they got enough material. Generally, these people got very big kitchen and, and, and very spacious and everything anyway. Mm -hmm. and, and you do uh, your menu according to what they like in a sense that people say, okay, that's my preference of, of foodies. I love scallop. Uh, I don't like langoustine, but I love the lamb, but not too keen on beef. And you just design a menu for mm -hmm. them, whether it's two course, whether it's, sorry, four course or five course. And sometimes I match the wine with it. And, uh, uh, and uh, I go to the other home and sometimes I take somebody with me for, to do preparation. And I do up to 12 people because it's a lot of work on your own from six to 12. Mm -hmm. And I cook for them uh, as a Michelin star chef and, and because I, I, I've done television and people sometimes like because you would have Saturday kitchen, Saturday mm -hmm. morning, so people are very happy to try to impress their guests. I, I guess it's like that sometimes as well. So, uh, yes. But, well, if you see with COVID and everything now, it's, it's very difficult. But I do cooking online and, uh, and um, a bit on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. And I've seen your YouTube channel. Quite useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I only started it very recently, but I'm going to carry on this week. I'm going to, to do more things in it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have another curiosity because, of course, being a chef, that means long working hours. Do you have time uh, in normal circumstances on a daily basis to cook for yourself? Yes, I do. I do now. I didn't have before, but mm -hmm. I do. Now. I'm, a, I'm a consultant and uh, I write and now I do a guest chef or demo and online cooking. So I've got I'm based at home and I've got time. I cook basically every lunch and every dinner. Mm -hmm. and enjoy it and during covid uh, it gave me the opportunity to get back to what i love which is nature because i'm, I'm lucky i live in the middle of uh, of the chiltern hills and i'm 360 degrees of hills around me and some horses so i'm i'm lucky which means i can go for a walk i can uh, relieve the season the way it should be uh, and uh, so i've been um, creating a lot of uh, dishes for home which are also in the new book I've just uh, finished. Oh, so amazing. With, and uh, I love that. I love nature. So um, that's my paradise. <laughs> <laughs> so when you cook, do you do the presentation as well? Do you do it as if you were in a restaurant at home? Uh, at, no, sometimes, sometimes, uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes <laughs> we do sometimes get dressed. It's fantastic oh. to eat because sometimes it's great. But uh, uh, yes, when I do the cooking online as well, uh, 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 we present uh, all the food and where the ingredients come from and uh, I'm lucky and sometimes some of my friends suppliers send me the food at home so I've got very good produce but uh, beside the point we only buy organic at home 100% mm -hmm. we don't buy anything else it's come from two farms one which just arrived because I, I heard a meat 
five minutes ago, they were delivering the food every Tuesday and another farm which delivered on Thursday or Friday. And we live only with that and I go to buy the essential. But uh, what about if someone else cooks for you? Do you enjoy that? My or... wife cooks some fantastic Italian dishes for oh. me. Uh, so, uh, oh, la la. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. I know she does that. Fantastic, yeah. Oh, what's your favorite dish that your wife cooks? Uh, Rebolita. Mm-hmm. A, a kind of a peasant in between brackets, a peasant dish from Tuscany. It's called Rebolita and it's gorgeous. And uh, it's a kind of a peasant soup uh, with a lot of protein. There's a lot of uh, different vegetables and different beans. There's a lot of bean, red bean and white bean and all this kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. lovely. Very nice, tasty. Mm-hmm. And it cooks very slowly. And it's a, yeah, it used to be a peasant dish, but now if you see it's much more than that. Peasant is always a word which is difficult to use because uh, you don't want to sound a bit too posh and over. Peasant with respect, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You sit at the table in a cold winter time and it cooks slowly and the flavors and the perfume is just invade the house. It's wonderful. And she does a mean spaghetti bolognese. I can't do the same. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sounds, uh, sounds good to, to be living in your household that's what people say every time they, 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 they tweet or, or come back on Instagram and all this I want to come in your house but yeah. <laughs> so yeah we eat well I must say yes. and we always have good wine as well so it's alright oh that's really good you should try Moldovan wine by the way if you didn't already Did you try Moldovan wine? Uh, no, I was no. in Ukraine last year and I mm-hmm. tried some very good wine, actually. Very impressed. And uh, now I've heard there is some good wine in Moldova as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one day I will try a good red wine because I'm more red. But in Moldova, I guess they, they grow more white grape variety, do they? Uh, it's actually, uh, we do have wine and red and I, I prefer okay. red myself and there is plenty okay. of choice for red wine as well. So oh, I can good. send yeah, you... I love red wine. I can send you a few links later um, okay. with a few yeah, recommendations. Lovely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I would recommend wines to you. No, you I probably really know better, but uh, I'll give you some names of companies so that you know which ones uh, you can yeah, have. Yeah, no, of those. course, it's always interesting. Yeah. I love uh, trying stuff. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. We also yeah. enjoy uh, eating tasty food. So it's always interesting, especially, honestly, I still have to pinch myself that I'm talking to you because it's no, so it's exciting. It's, it's so exciting to talk to you about say, food. If you, when you send me some, uh, um, some of the link for the wine, just send me your address and I, uh, and I sign a book and I send it for you. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much. Okay. That's very kind of you. Thank you so okay, much. So I'll do that. Oh, no I can't problem. wait. And I'll send you the painting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. So uh, you wrote already two books and one was called um, Revolutionary French Cooking. That is correct, yes. Did you call it like that just because of the, the fact that you were uh, explaining earlier that you have different accents from different... Why did you call uh, it at the time, at the, at the time I've done the book Revolutionary French Cooking, which was one of the very rare first book in, in made that way in a sense, and I had three chapters. And of course, the chapter was Egalité, Liberté, Fraternité, which has a French slogan for the revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, and revolution re- French cooking because I modernized some of the classic, and the reason I've done that because uh, at that time uh, Spain was really 
cruising far ahead, plus all the Scandinavian country and plus Iceland and Norway and all. They were remodernizing all their their uh, recipe from the past and taking all all the basic and and just refreshing them and dividing them into kind of small dishes on the table and really nice and I realized in France like Italy actually was quite an anchor in a tradition and I said we need a little bit of a lift and I was doing that and that's the reason I call it revolutionary so but that's also the reason why it's never been printed in French because they didn't want me to keep the title because of the French revolution Mm -hmm. and me to keep the chapter because that's the way uh, Francis, fraternité, égalité, fraternité, liberté. And, uh, and I didn't accept them to change the title and the chapter, and that's why I didn't print it in French. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it doesn't matter. So it worked, it worked very well, not as good as the first book, because people didn't quite understand. It was a little bit, at that time, a bit advanced for some of the reader in UK and other countries because it's printed and sold in few countries and different languages. Uh, but uh, so the third book I just finished we call uh, French Countryside Cooking. Mm-hmm. It's a work on revolutionary French cooking, but it's all brand new chapter. It's all brand new introduction and forwards, brand new cover, 20 new recipe, which I developed during COVID. Uh, and uh, a lot of different write-ups. So it is, it is quite of a different book, in fact. Uh, but uh, now that uh, countryside cooking makes more sense as we are now, within COVID, within sustainability, within the return to farm, the return to uh, market place and farmer's market and all. So it's kind of a more of the real following of French brasserie cookbook. Mm-hmm. So I'm really pleased about that. Yeah. And, then, and uh, the other one which we're going to do will follow quite well these two books as well. So which means uh, revolutionary French cooking will be a very interesting book to have for people because uh, uh, when they, they see the other one, they can see what I'm talking about differently mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I read down all the intro, Raymond Blanc down the... the um, introduction as well and Eston the forward and all this kind of stuff so it'd be very interesting wow that's yeah. nice yeah so, so it seems to me that um, you not only enjoy pro- like good quality produce and cooking but you also enjoy the process of writing it seems because I love it yeah I love it yeah, I like yeah. it uh, and uh, uh, also Daniela because uh, the way we are in uh, Children Hills in here which is really I've got uh, three neighbors and that's the end of it which are quite far away there. One got a manor house, the other one got a barn, the other one got a lovely uh, British cottage and us in here. And uh, that's all. And uh, like I said, I've enjoyed um, the fact that we back in the country, the fact that we have time to see the season the way they are and the way they should be because there was no kind of flight and pollution and the ozone was a bit fresher. And also uh, the season this year has been very different because of all that. Mm -hmm. So you can appreciate the fact that we have season, the fact that we need to wait for the season and embrace them and use the produce which we love. Like, for example, me and you, I guess, I wait for season because there's a produce of each season which I really love. Example, uh, late spring, beginning of summer, I love apricot. When mm-hmm. it's the apricot season, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
same season just to finish. I love the set. Uh, now it's a time of game season, of chestnut, of uh, pumpkin, of butterscotch. It's all this. Uh, and if we didn't have the season, um, there's nothing to wait for. It would be boring. Mm-hmm. You know, and people say, oh, I can't wait and I buy cherry and strawberry in wintertime. But why would you? Yeah, I agree. They don't have the flavor they should have. The price is horrendous and, and they are crap. Yeah. And, and people need to rediscover that there is season and we need to rediscover that we have to wait for them. And that's why I love and enjoy. And that's why you, you'll see uh, when French countryside cooking is coming out, it's exactly that. And within the description and your chapter, for example, uh, I give you two chapters, one called um, um, Stream and River, for example, the other called Forest and Woodland. So when you see the chapter, you straight away can, can project yourself to the woodland because you know what I'm talking about and where it is. Mm-hmm. You, uh, um, uh, I've got one called Oxford, Oxford and uh, Edges. You know, the Edges, you will find blackberry in August. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Oxford, you find your apple, your pear, your plum and all this. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's easy. with that book, that's why I said it, uh, it makes the following of French brasserie much more easy. And you can project yourself. you in Moldova, you uh, behind your, your grandpa. Uh, farmhouse or whatever, and there's an auction there, you know exactly where to go to pick up an apple from the tree and crunch it and say, wow, I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, and for me, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I love it, you know? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, me and my boyfriend um, eat seasonally as, a, as well, and my boyfriend really enjoys cooking. And um, uh, for example, so I, I look forward, as you say, to watermelon. I really love watermelon, but I don't yes. buy it outside august because i only i only think they should grow in august so i only buy watermelons in august absolutely we come from spain at that time so it's european exactly and uh, yeah, yeah my, my, on the book when i send you the book you, you need to make yeah. sure that from the book you need to tell him and say oh today you make speech, please oh <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait and yeah. um, when seps were in season, because the season uh, finished for seps at the moment, uh, didn't it? Uh, my oh, boyfriend... well, I collected some last week. Did, did you? Oh, did you not cool. see on my Instagram? I'll have to ha- have a look again. Oh, la, <laughs> I'll check. Oh, la, la. <laughs> wow, wonderful. 1.5 kilo. Wow, I'll have a look. Twice <laughs> on the same week I've collected seps. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes. My yum, boyfriend yum, yum. picked. My boyfriend picked some seps um, a few weeks ago, but I thought the, fi- yeah. the season finished. Oh, I'll have to check your well, picture. <laughs> the, it's, because, it's because the weather's been quite kind, so it's, uh, it's, yeah. this season is, is really lasted quite well. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. It's really mm-hmm. good to just enjoy what na- nature gives you naturally. and Absolutely. My and, God, uh, we're so lucky. Oh. We're so lucky. So, Daniel, um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, of course, you enjoy food, but you also enjoy being healthy. So, um, apart yes. from the fact that you um, look after what you eat, you also do sport. So, what's, what's your favorite yes. sport? Yeah, no, I, do, I, do, I, do, I used to do a lot of swimming and cycling, but swimming this year has been very difficult. Uh, unless I was in France and I can swim in the river, in here it's been difficult because we can't go to the swimming pool. So, I mm-hmm. haven't this year at all, which I'm really sad about it. But I play badminton with my son. I love badminton, mm-hmm. the physical, but I do a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot, uh, uh, quite a lot. 
uh, some months I even do about 100K. Wow. So, and I enjoy cycling, but I haven't done too much this year because we, we moved a week before um, the lockdown in March in a new home and I had a lot of things to do. And I also was looking after my wife who had a cancer, cancer operation. So, uh, oh, sorry to hear that. Was my wife and to look after her and to make sure she eats very healthy. Yeah. Uh, Is she okay now? So, yes, she's yeah, great. Good. She's well. And that's why I said some of the new dishes in my new book were developed uh, within the season and making them for my wife uh, to, be, to be even more healthy. And I, it was very, very nice. Uh, but yes, I love sport. I, I try to do always physical. I do my gym in the morning um, because I used to do a lot of judo when I was young. I've done 11 years of judo when I was young. And I'm still doing all the um, the warm up of the judo thing every morning, so it's good. Yes, and also I eat properly. So healthy is not only to go outdoor and do sports and all this. Healthy, it's uh, work is very healthy. To uh, take time over your dinner, take time over your thing, to chat with your partner and put the devices away and talk talk to things and and eat and enjoy the food, have a glass of wine and a chat, and and just put the phone on the side and everything, everything. Mm -hmm. That's that the healthy way of eating because uh, um, when you eat healthy you take time and you talk uh, it's called brain gut so it's all come from the brain mm -hmm. not the guts not from the brain actually yeah and all, what they call brain gut and all the signal of what you're eating the goodness and everything goes up and up and up and it just makes your brain very active and happy and your cell healthy and everything and i think uh, that as well is part of uh, being healthy. It's just to be, to be there in the present, to be yeah. like your boyfriend with you when you eat, my wife with me when I eat. And, uh, and I think that is part of it. And, and yes, take some fresh air, a really nice walk when it's possible. I know some people have suffered a lot in lockdown because they were in apartment on a 10th floor with a dog, two children. And no, I mean, I feel for those people. Uh, and uh, it's difficult because a lot of people uh, uh, going into depression and doing all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. But yeah. I try to be as healthy as possible. And I think it's a, it's a key of feeling good of life. It's not the fact that uh, you don't have a, a fast car Ferrari like your neighbor or a castle or this and that. That's nothing to do with that. Healthy, it's the way you feel, it's the way you are, the way you act. Uh, and you can be, uh, you know, and you realize during lockdown that actually some of the things we used to do or buy are absolutely not needed mm -hmm. because uh, uh, suddenly everything changed and the priority are totally different. And you said, my God, why did I buy so much clothes? I didn't wear 10% uh, of what I had, which is true. I didn't. Yeah. And I, and I haven't bought clothes uh, at all this year because it's not needed. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the, the, yeah. the priority become very different and, and the priority are during those time for me to enjoy the season, like you, you like and I, uh, to enjoy your time, the fact you, yes, you're not done perhaps with your partner, whatever, but that's time to, to chat about different things, to read, to have fun, to, there's plenty of things to do and eat well, take time, go for a lovely walk and it's all that. I yeah, I totally agree. So uh, just two points that you touched that I want to quickly tell you about. One is the one about the fact that you don't actually need so many things. So uh, my partner and I left uh, in April 2019 in a motorhome and we traveled around Europe, including 
a lot of runs and no, we I just lived you. in a motorhome and so at that point we had to reduce dr dramatically all the things that we owned just to the ones that we actually need and you you really realize that you don't need so much to be happy you just need as you say to be in nature have walks really nice walks sit down eat properly enjoy the food and have less stuff we really didn't need that many absolutely things. absolutely agree and, and and enjoy each other company and and the fact you were a year and a half discovering together things it's yeah fun, you know Exactly. And by doing so as well for a year and a half, you've seen the whole calendar of season in yeah. different yeah, and, and yeah. the beauty of everything. Like at the moment, it's autumn and you walk in the leaf and it's crunchy and it's gorgeous. Yeah. It used to do with a child, actually. We are a child all our life in a way, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the second point um, I've, I find really important, as you say, to just properly sit down and have a meal. So I was really impressed when you were saying that uh, when you used to work at uh, Le Gavroche, you were just all sitting down before the service and you would have a meal together. And Correct. I find yeah. when I used to work in an office, so many people would just not take their lunch break. They would just have a sandwich in their hand and with I the other one maybe. still typing in front of a laptop. And I always yeah. tried to properly take a, uh, you know, a full okay. hour for break because I find You're it quite more right. important. Yeah. But that's something I realized when I came in UK, Daniela, uh, the thing that, that absolutely striked me. And I, I couldn't believe it because in, in Europe and Latin country and, and Eastern country, we take time over breakfast, over lunch, and over dinner. And I know mm -hmm. people decide, especially the Latin country, i.e. Portugal, Spain, Greece, France, Italy, because the shops are closed for lunch and people take a break and eat. Mm -hmm. But people forget the, the, the best diet is Mediterranean diet. And the reason behind that is because people enjoy eating, taking their time over lunch. And mm -hmm. after, it's precious. We should never lose it. And like you said, when I arrived in UK, I people didn't have any lunch. They, they own a, they, a sandwich, eating very quickly, taking a lot of sugar because they eat a lot in between meals. Diet is terrible. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and what I've done, lockdown, is has uh, re um, made people focus on precious time around the table. Because, like we say, in Latin country, um, uh, you know, education is around the table, mm -hmm. and it's you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, hopefully, if we learn from COVID for that part, and people keep it all their life and teach their children, we will have learned a lot. If people are going back to the to the what they used to be, that means we can't learn anything, which would be very sad. So hopefully, let, let's not go there. Let's think the other way. Yeah, exactly. Well, Daniel, thank you so much. You sent so many important messages today and I can't wait for people to hear thank them. Um, thank as you. you. As send me a copy of the podcast if you don't mind. Yes, of course. Of course I will. I will send That's you... Very kind. <laughs> I'll send you the painting and uh, the link once it's ready and the podcast thank as well. We just I'll do audio. When, yeah, when you send me your, the, the thing for the wine and your address, uh, I'll send you back my address as well. Yes, yes, yes. So that I know okay, where so to... You can send and uh, and I will uh, send a book. What's the name of your? Put my the name of your partner. Mm -hmm. And so I sign the book and write for for you you guys. Okay. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Okay, no problem. Oh, we'll both it's a pleasure. Be so happy. Oh, oh my God, I really can't believe I talked to you today. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> it's so that's kind of kind you. Of
Oh, Super. thank you. Thank so you much. so much for your time. I'll send you everything, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. <laughs> thank I you. Have you. a nice day, and all the best for your yeah. wife. Okay, I will. A bientôt, eh? A bientôt. Ciao, ciao. Okay.